Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Today, digital marketing is an integral component of public relations outreach efforts. In a nutshell, digital marketing efforts refer to any marketing methods conducted through electronic devices which use some form of a computer. In the process of conducting digital marketing, a business might leverage websites, search engines, blogs, social media, video, email, and similar channels. Today's digital marketing capabilities offer opportunities to track and measure progress in tangible ways that have previously been difficult for our industry to prove. Today, we'll have an in-depth discussion on the social the successful engagement of digital marketing, learn more about why public relations and digital marketing go hand in hand, as well as provide you with tips on how to build your dream digital marketing team. My guest today is Nicole Morgan, APR, and she is the CEO of Resolute Public Relations, who joins us from the great city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ah, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, let's get started. Now, you've been in public relations for a while, but when did you realize it was time for you to begin to include digital marketing into your firm? I originally started working for a public relations agency, very traditional, um, but had started to kind of dabble in, in some of the digital options that were available out there. Clients were starting to ask, well, what about social media and how could we use that? And I had a, a client that got a million dollar investment to rebrand and build a sales team. And so we were working on different branding components and we redid their website and so I, I started to kind of look at search engine optimization for them and uh, noticed that a lot of the stories that I'd been pitching over the years were ranking really high um, on, on Google. And so I, I started to kind of see how these different pieces were connected. And so when I started my own firm in 2014, I really wanted that to be a, a key part of the firm that I was going to build. Well, you mentioned search engine optimizations. What other areas of uh, digital marketing does your firm now currently engage in? 
a lot of clients come to us for organic social media because that's kind of their understanding of, of digital marketing. They, you know, they're familiar with Facebook, they're familiar with Instagram, and, and so they kind of start there, and we do that. However, a lot of our clients find more uh, benefits from some of the other options that are out there. Um, we do paid campaigns on Google, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Spotify, so we can run all of those campaigns. We also help build websites, and we do what we call a digital landscape where we are able to look at uh, traffic and and what keywords are currently pulling for websites and their competitors and and helping them build a content strategy and then blog content as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's expand a little bit on some of the things you just sort of talked about. You mentioned uh, social media marketing. Let's go into a little bit more detail about what it is that includes and perhaps how you can help a client in that arena if they that was one of the areas they wanted to go in. A lot of people start, um, clients will kind of come to us from all different ends of the gamut. So some clients say, we are on everything, and we don't have time to manage all these different social media channels, and we want to hand that all over to you. We have clients that are not on anything, and they are kind of starting to dabble in it, and they say, hey, do we need a Facebook page? Um, And then we have some clients that they have an internal team that's managing it, most likely not someone who does this by trade. It's kind of something that they've inherited. And so they, they want help with strategy. And so, you know, our team will come alongside those companies and, and whatever capacity they need us. But it could be anything from developing the strategy and really doing an audit of the social media channels that they're on or that they're thinking of being on and helping them prioritize those because not all of those make sense for every industry. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll go through and really help them identify, okay, on LinkedIn, this is really the, the strategy for this platform, and this is the type of content that you should be posting here that we believe would perform better than what you're currently doing, um, and just go down the line. We have other clients where we actually are developing that content on a monthly basis, and we're helping them think through what types of images they need to have in their content bank. If video would be something that would help increase engagement, and then we're also writing the content for them. And then we also look at metrics, so measuring how effective this is. And so what happens with organic social media is, first of all, these platforms are always changing. And what worked one month might not work the next month. Mm -hmm. But we're also finding that across the board, organic engagement is going down. And so whereas we still have people come to us and say, well, we only have X number of likes on our Facebook page. But we kind of call those vanity metrics because really that doesn't mean much when it comes to actually posting. Mm -hmm. You could have 12,000 people who like your Facebook page, but when you put together a post, it might only be seen by 20 people. And so that, we like to say the juice isn't really worth the squeeze at that point. And so that's where some of these paid campaigns can really be helpful in making sure that those messages are being heard by the right people. Mm -hmm. What I'm really getting from what you just said is that Part of your obligation to clients is to help them to, to understand what it is that they're trying to accomplish, what, they, what the outcomes they're looking for, and then develop a program or a strategy, if you will, to help them get there. Because it seems like a lot of them may not know exactly what it is, but they, they, hear, what, they hear what other people are doing or what's popular, and they want to be in, in, involved in it, but it might not be the best thing for them under the, the current circumstances. Is that close to being accurate? 
So that's absolutely right. We hear that a lot where, you know, one CEO is meeting with another CEO and, and they said, hey, you might look into Facebook. And then they come to us and that's why that strategy and the research piece is so important because we're able to tell them, yeah, we could spend our time posting here, but at the end of the day, this isn't what's going to move the needle for you. And so it is It's very uh, dependent on the industry and what their goals are. You know, right now everybody's having workforce issues. And so simply putting posts out on Facebook um, every week about job openings, frankly, doesn't cut it because everybody is dealing with those same issues. And so we really like to have a bigger conversation with the client of what is it that you're, that you're trying to accomplish here? What are your pain points? Where are these people? Who, who are you trying to reach? And then we can put together a strategy around it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about let's, uh, one of the more successful um, social media uh, outreach digital strategies that you've put together for a client. Which ones, which one do you feel most happy about as we talk right now? Good question. Um, <laughs> our clients are really across the board. We serve a lot of different industries. I mentioned workforce just a little bit ago, and I think that those have been some campaigns that really have a strong measurement metric behind them. And so we're currently working on one with our, our local health department. And like a lot of organizations that are out there, they've implemented a vaccine mandate. And so that further uh, complicates the workforce problem. And so they've been working on, on trying to increase the number of applications that they have for everything from janitors to administrative positions. And so for that one, we actually worked uh, it was a two-pronged campaign, so we had traditional advertising because we're, we're trying to reach people who live here in, in the Tulsa area, and so we, we have a traditional advertising campaign going on on radio and some billboards and things like that, but then we supplemented that with a digital campaign, and so we have very targeted ads that are running on, on Facebook and different social media platforms to reach uh, potential employees with these specific skill sets. And they, they recently had a job fair, and so that was kind of the first call to action was to, to generate people to attend this job fair. And they were a little nervous about it because a lot of people are having job fairs right now, and some are very well attended and some are not. But for this organization in particular, I think they were really smart about making sure that they had a good hook. So they had a, a pretty generous signing bonus, They also are above and beyond in their matching to their retirement plan. And so we had some specific hooks that we could use to try to generate uh, attendees at this job fair. And so I believe our campaign had only been running for about a week and they had 53 people attend the job fair, which might not sound like a lot, but when you have organizations that are struggling to even get five applications, that was Mm -hmm. a huge win for them. Mm -hmm. My question now is, in terms of overcoming people's predetermined ideas of what they need. Uh, maybe you've touched on that basically, but as you said, some friends uh, or some folks hear about here's what it is that we, uh, we do to um, review what it is you actually need as, before we can make a decision. You've had many of those experiences? <laughs> yes. So when we first start working with someone, there's, there's absolutely a discovery process. And, and sometimes people are afraid to kind of go down this road because they've maybe tried Google Ads, for example, and they say, I tried that, it didn't work, so I'm not interested in that. What we like to say is it's kind of like a lightsaber. You have to know how to use it. 
So, you know, you could chop your arm off if you use a lightsaber the wrong way. And, and Google ads, are, they're not going to be effective if you don't understand the science behind it. And again, it's something that's always changing, which is why in my agency, I really felt the need to have someone who focused on this full time mm -hmm. and would be an in-house digital specialist. It's really impossible even for other people on our team to keep that kind of knowledge going because it, it just, it is, it's always changing. So when we, when we first sit down with someone and they're having some kind of problem that they're trying to overcome, a, a goal that they're trying to reach, we really like to start at that. What, what is the business goal? What are the pain points? And then we can kind of figure out how we layer in these services. So sometimes digital is not the best way uh, to help them uh, meet those goals. Other times, and it's becoming more often than not, there is a need for some kind of digital piece that is very targeted. And what's great about digital is I can, I can say, I want to target these people by geography. I want to target people by interest versus a traditional TV ad where it's just being blasted out to everyone. Mm -hmm. I, I'm able to be more focused in who is hearing that message. And so at that point, you know, the, the ROI on it is a lot higher because I'm focusing on people who have a high intent to purchase that product or that service. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned, um, you know, you maybe not, did not have the all of the skills necessary to do a digital marketing. How did you go about identifying the person you needed to hire that could handle those wide range of services that could be offered? When I first started the, the agency, I was really thinking about it more from the perspective of social media. Um, organic social media content. We were writing a lot of it for clients, and I knew that I was doing a better job than than most agencies because I had an understanding of digital, but I was very aware that I was not at the level that I needed to be, especially if this was going to be a service area that was going to grow. The same thing with search engine optimization. What worked 10 years ago is not what's working today. In fact, some of the things you did 10 years ago um, that were best practices will now ding you. So you really have to stay on top of those things. And frankly, wasn't sure where to find someone that did this because even at the university level, I'm an adjunct professor at a university, and it's not something that is being taught. A lot of people who do this are self-taught, and the skill set, it really varies. And so I, I kind of happened upon someone who had been freelancing and specialized in digital marketing, and she was kind of reaching a point where she said, I hate having to mess with taxes and owning a business, and I, I just really don't want to do this anymore. I've been keeping an eye on you guys, and I'm interested in some of the things that you're doing. I think I could really help. And so I, I would say Kismet kind of you know, just brought that person in, and it was a real game changer for us. She ended up staying with me for about four years, and then she got a great remote position uh, for a company out of New York, and, and so that was great for her. And we had a really a strong relationship. She understood what my company needed, and so she helped me find someone else. However, I wasn't able to find anybody in-house, and so we kind of went a little kind of took a step back and said, okay, can we learn this service area internally? We relied on a few contractors that she was able to connect us with, and it, it did the job, but we just kept coming back to, we really need this expertise in-house. 
And so continued to look, continued to look, and finally found someone who had, uh, again, was self-taught and had been doing this for an organization and was looking for a change. And so she's been with us for about half a year now. And again, complete game changer. You just, you can tell the difference when someone's in-house versus a contractor. Mm-hmm. Well, and you perhaps touched on this a little bit, but you know, for listeners who uh, have never implemented a digital campaign, it sounds to me that this is the time that they need to find someone who has the experience and knows what to do and how to go about it and to making sure they're using the right tools and not necessarily mm-hmm. just the popular tools. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's also very important to find someone who is willing to learn about your field. If you're in a PR department, for example, that is willing to understand what your challenges are as a PR department and how this service area fits in. So that was one of the challenges that we had previously with working with contractors is they were not in-house. They did not sit in the same office as our team. They rarely interacted with clients. And so for them, it it was kind of this bubble of, I work on this digital piece. But they didn't understand the to the depth that the rest of us did about the, the client's goals and what it was that we were trying to accomplish other services that we might be providing. And so that that's been the really the great benefit of having someone in-house is she's able to come along to meetings. She's very business-minded, um, has a degree in public relations, so has some base knowledge, even though her, her job had really been focused on the digital side of things before coming here. One of the things that sort of keeps popping up in my mind, and going back to something you said earlier, when one CEO has talked to another, a lot of times senior CEOs have a tendency to be maybe a bit more senior and they're used to seeing the names or uh, things in the newspaper and, and on TV, and they think that maybe that's the way to go. How do you begin to convince them that uh, digital marketing is the more profound and more efficient way to go as compared to just doing TV and maybe a, a piece in the newspaper or an ad in the newspaper? Yeah, well, and for some clients, again, that could be the best answer. Getting a national hit about a, a product is, that's like gold. You know, you have that third-party endorsement, and, and it can be a fantastic way to get the word out. Mm-hmm. However, it's the difference between earned content and owned content. And one of the things that we spend a lot of time explaining is the change in the media landscape. You know, in Tulsa, for example, we used to have four different business publications that we could be pitching stories to locally. You know, we're down to one. Our business section at our daily newspaper is one person now mm. instead of, you know, an entire staff of people. So uh, the opportunities to get that kind of coverage are becoming less and less. It's more competitive. The The chance to even control the story, to have it be a positive one, is becoming more challenging. And so there are a lot of benefits to digital. Um, again, you're able to really target that. The other piece of it is the measurement piece. And so we always want to have some kind of a metric that we're tracking whenever we're doing a digital campaign. So we could have a tracking pixel on an ad, for example, and we're able to say um, X number of people came to your website from this ad, and of those people, X number of people clicked the button to submit an application or to request more information, whatever that call to action is. 
that's data that, frankly, our industry has not really been able to provide before. Mm -hmm. We kind of have to draw some assumptions based off of the the coverage that we've received and, and hope that it's a good story, but it's never been that clear before. And a lot of CEOs respond very positively to that because they, they have pressure from their boards and, and even their own aspirations to be able to prove where those dollars are going. So that typically is pretty attractive to people when you start to break it down that way. You know, now I've asked a lot of questions here. I want you to maybe touch on something that uh, needs to be discussed, but we haven't touched on it yet. Uh, have we, we haven't covered all of the bases, but what are some of the more important things that you believe that people need to hear when it comes to social uh, and digital marketing? I think, well, a few things. So one, it's important to understand the, the level that you need to be at from a branding perspective to compete in these spaces. So iPhone photos are not going to cut it anymore. You have to have strong creatives. You can't use stock photography. Uh, Video performs very well and is going to be a great investment. And and that developing those assets, while it might seem like like it's expensive up front, the the ROI on it, you, you have to think of all the different places where you can use that content. So if I'm going to pay for a videographer to get real footage of my office and my employees and to talk to my customers, I'm going to be able to use that content on social media. I'll be able to use it on my website. I can put it in my newsletter. I can use it in a presentation to a potential client. I have a lot of different avenues in which I can use that content. In fact, you should because you really want to have things be consistent. So that, that would be one thing that I would really caution anybody who's thinking about getting into this is you need to have a line item for creative and it's got to be really strong creative. Mm-hmm. Another surprise, I think, for clients who are getting into this is that because it's so targeted, sometimes we'll be running a a Google ad campaign, for example, and the CEO will try to Google themselves because they want to see their ad run. Well, it doesn't work that way in in this industry. So versus TV, you know know what time the spot is going to run and you can sit in front of your TV and you can watch that commercial run. These ads are so targeted that it is going to reach the end user, not the CEO. Mm -hmm. So it's a shift in mindset. It's very different where you might not be able to see it in real time. However, you have that data on the back end to have the assurance that things are running like they should be. Mm -hmm. And then the third is really making sure that whoever is working on this for you, whoever you bring in house or the agency that you're working with, uh, that they really know their stuff. There, I'm sure everybody who listens to this has gotten the spam email about your rankings and we can generate X number of blog articles for you and we can help you with your SEO. And there are a lot of people out here who do that, but making sure that they have a Google certification and that they really understand marketing, that they're not just generating activity, but that it's really pointing toward a goal, uh, you're going to see much better results. Um, Let me say thank you so very much because you have provided our audience with an awful lot of information. And uh, I want to thank my guest uh, has been Nicole Morgan. She is an APR and she is the CEO of Resolute Public Relations, as we mentioned earlier, located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
To my listeners, of course, I want to say thank you for listening. And if you've appreciated this show, we'd certainly like to get a great review from you. And, of course, listen to us on the very next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.